Hi, and welcome back to Self Love with Rihanna Marie. I am super excited today because I have a special guest with me. Do you want to introduce yourself and tell them who you are? <laughs> Hi, guys. I'm Tanner, I'm Rihanna's boyfriend. And I'm really excited to have him here today. Uh, last week, I had my little brother on, and he actually did talk about Tanner a little bit, which was pretty cute. I thought that was adorable. And I thought I would bring him on himself. And so, do you want to tell them what we're talking about today? Sure. We're talking about healthy relationships and um, our experience with them. Uh, maybe some tips and things we've learned along the way in our relationship and possibly in previous relationships of like yeah. what not to do maybe or like also uh, good good things totally. we've taken from old relationships or just in general and you know we're not experts so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like literal advice from a real yeah. couple. <laughs> well it's yeah it's just what we've learned in our own experience so if you yeah. want expert advice go to an expert. I guess. Yeah. yeah, good point. It's not us. Um, but we we have some questions we're going to answer and then some, like, a variety of topics we're going to kind of piggyback off of each other on. And I think we could go ahead and just get started. How does that feel? Yeah, let's go. Let's go. So the first question we got was some red flags to look for as well as some good signs at the very beginning of a relationship. And I think that this is a really good question because something that often gets overlooked and then ends up in toxic relationships is red flags. So do you want to start on that? And some of we, we decided we would split this up between, um, you know, some red flags he looks for in girls and some red flags I look for in guys. Yeah. Um... I guess I could start. Some some things I've noticed in the past that, you know, can be scary or like, and this goes for like both, and I feel like most of these that we're going to say go for both ends, but, yeah. um, you know, like someone that's very clingy off the start or um, someone who like seems like they, you know, can't spend time with themselves, like mm. they can only all they see is you and like, mm. you know, there's a healthy amount of, um, being like obsessed with someone in the beginning, you know, like if you're not, if you're not super into them, then like, what's the point of even starting a relationship right. in right. the first place? So there's a healthy amount of that. And then there's a point where it's, you know, very detrimental to that own person's mental health and possibly yours too. And so that's like an easy one to kind of see, you know, if it makes you uncomfortable, like, there's probably an issue there. Yeah, I think some of the things in past relationships I noticed was that it would go really, really fast at the beginning. And I always found that that was sort of a red flag. And, you know, people who dive super, super deep and are in love and on the second date and, you know, and, and want to go really fast, there's something pretty interesting about that to look look out for because often there there's going to be some type of a drop later on and and fairly quickly there will be some type of you know um that high will kind of have its own type of low and I definitely agree with you and I think that a big red flag is not having independence I think that's something vital for a healthy relationship and just for yourself is having your own sense of of independence and sense of self and I think it's a total red flag when that, that's really lacking, you know? Yeah, definitely. And then there's obvious ones that, you know, that pop up. Um, things like abuse, you know, like mental abuse or, mm. like, as far as, like, physical abuse, which um, is easy to spot, but, you know, uh, you you just, you know, you should have some worth for yourself and not not get too far into it where you can't get out of it. Lack of commitment is one, too. Not being able to commit. I feel like that's a big one. Uh -huh. That happens a lot kind of when you have a thing with someone. And, yeah. and like, they're talking to a lot of people. That's true, too. Well, that's <laughs> yeah. A definite, yeah, that's definitely a good look That's totally for. one. Like, not wanting to commit. Um, let me think. Are there any other red flags you can think of? Oh, like, any type of really bad drug or alcohol addiction? I yeah. think that's a total red flag. Um, like, and some not red flags that people think are red flags or, like, 
you know, if he if he just like wants to go out with the boys. Yeah, and, people like, think that's red flags. People, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like you got to give him his his like bro time and like his his friends are still his friends just because you started a new relationship. Like right. he knew them years before you know you knew him. So yeah. why is this gonna change his life all of a sudden? Yeah. And you know, if you make plans with someone and they bail, that's obviously not a good sign. But um, true. Like true. you shouldn't try to like separate him from his friends. Um, that's definitely like something you see all the time. It's like people get in relationships and they like ditch everyone or, um, you know, like just isolate by themselves by the other person. And that can be pretty bad. Yeah, and one more thing I think would be cool to note and just something that I've observed before is, for example, a guy will, let's say, have a best girlfriend of years and he ends up getting a girlfriend and that girlfriend is like, I don't want you talking to her. And, uh, you know, there's a sense of protectiveness and, and jealousy there. And I, I just think that that can get really skewed because it's important that you each have your close friends and I think we're going to get into that later actually when we talk more about like balance and trust um but I find that that's really important for sure yeah all right let's go to good signs yeah some good signs um what's your ideal man what does he look like besides um, me you're if my you ideal could, man. No, <laughs> I'm talking knight in shining armor coming down with a horse. Qualities? Yeah, like what's what's the ideal man? Okay. Picture perfect. My ideal man is sober, has a sense of spirituality, open-minded, good at communication, um, has their own independence and their own support system and way of dealing with their struggles <laughs> mr struggle sorry um <laughs> anyone seen girl defined you should anyways uh, has their own way of you know working through their struggles a good uh, i was gonna say a good relationship with their family but i think that's relative to each person and they can have a good relationship with themselves towards their family because um, families can be messy how do you spot those things how like, do I... the first time you meet someone. For girls out there looking for their hubby right now. The, the you know, the quickness of how easily you can get into conversation. So, for me, if those are the qualities I'm looking for, then when we meet, we're going to get into conversation about those things. And, and that is what happened with me and Tanner. Is That's true. Off the bat, we were in conversation about sobriety and about spirituality and about things that mattered and had depth to it, which is really important to me. Um, and so, you know, you're going to get a good view of a person really on that first initial conversation, um, which can also be a red flag, right? Like if they're very self-absorbed and negative and... Yeah, that's a good um, one to look out for. Yeah. If, if they can't ask you questions. Yeah, that's, uh, that's so true. very obvious. Like if someone is extremely narcissistic or mm-hmm. self-absorbed, they'll never ask how you're doing. They'll mm. only talk about themselves and like you might relate to them in some ways. Like... Mm like into their story of themselves like you might come into that um but they'll never ask you questions they don't care about how you're doing that's so true and and so if you and and you want someone who's interested in you I think you know when Tanner and I first met there was this absolute like I want to know everything about you (laughs) like we weren't really able to stop talking uh we talked the entire night and we just wanted to learn about each other um at least I did yeah, <laughs> and that's I, the same for me. Yeah, and so I think that that's a really great sign to look out for. So let's jump into our next question. We got was how to get through arguments slash fights or entirely avoid them. Uh, something we want to do with this question is dive a little deeper into the topic of healthy communication. Um, you know, entirely avoiding fights Here's the thing. It's impossible. Yeah. (laughs) There you go. Everyone's going to disagree and everyone has their own opinion. So that's something that can't be avoided. But like you just got to work through it. Well, and I think what's important is there is an absolute way to get through disagreements in a really healthy way. Yeah. One thing Tanner and I rarely do is like we don't really fight. We truly I don't think we've ever actually fought. Or had, like, a serious fight. I think we have had arguments and disagreements. But we've never really yelled at each other 
or gotten super angry over a disagreement. Huh. Agree? Yeah, <laughs> I agree with that. Uh, and I think that what's important to look at is what are you doing when a disagreement comes up? Uh, what is your first step? I think for us, it's communication. And there is that sticky moment when there's a little bit of tension and you're not agreeing on something and you have to move through the stick, through the sticky, through the messy, through the nitty gritty. Sticky. Through the sticky. Um, you have to move through that so that you can speak your truth. I think that... Getting through them is about listening to each other and it's about the way you word things. You know, if you come, if you're coming to your partner with an issue and you're going, when you do this, it makes me feel like this. And I, and I feel like shit because of the way that you said blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, when you're coming really at them in, in quite an offensive way, you're going to get a defensive response back. Yeah. But there is a distinction between, I think, I think that kind of communications, like obviously bad like coming at someone defensively and but I think what's important is to talk about how something made you feel Mm -hmm. and to voice that because then like you can bring in empathy and into the into the conversation absolutely I think often uh for me when I'm bringing up something that I want to speak my truth about to him it often looks like me saying uh, sometimes when you say things this way, or when you use that certain phrase, it affects me in this way. And I'm wondering if we could find a way to compromise on that. Or yeah. if you could meet me here, here's something I really need. Could you meet me there? Exactly. That really is how I communicate with you too. Yeah. <laughs> like the way I bring up issues. And things just go smoother if you're, if you stay calm about it and things don't blow up and you don't regret saying something you shouldn't have said so later true. on. So true. Um, yeah. You were gonna say it. Sounded like you were no, gonna say something. I was gonna. <laughs> I'm spacey. I'm a little spacey too. I think it's the sleepy time tea. I don't know. I don't know if we should have drank sleepy time tea <laughs> for a podcast. I feel like this is something you do with coffee. Something else under the umbrella of communication that we find really important is being able to talk about the things that you really want to hold inside. Uh, you know, a lot of us have overthinking brains or negative brains for Tanner and I we've got pretty messy brains that say pretty stupid stuff in other words that's your ego and it's easy to hold that all in and it's easy to deal with it inside of your own head but it's freeing and healthy as hell to have that authentic communication where you go, I literally sometimes go to Tanner, right now my head is telling me you don't love me. And he'll be like, well, that's not true. And I'll be like, okay. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. And like, I feel like this is a more common thread among guys, Mm. um, especially. Some girls too, definitely. But I feel like girls are more, they have more of like a community to like talk about their feelings. 100%. and And like, talk about what they're going through with like their girlfriends and guys like it's not like that um so guys are more prone to hold in the things that are bothering them and yeah. uh just stuff it down until it becomes too much and it just like overflows and it all comes out at once in like an unhealthy way that it shouldn't right. have right and like maybe even in ways that you know it that like it doesn't make sense for what he's holding down yeah um what is something that's really helped you with that within our relationship particularly? I don't know. I'm still bad at it. You tell me. <laughs> well, I, I want to know that guys and girls, we, we handle things differently. We handle emotions differently. We process things differently. And our ways of solution are different. And I totally play the role in this relationship where I'm usually the one to bring things up and I'm often the one to pull it out of him. And that's okay I, because I understand that and I know that it's hard for him and I know that it takes some time. And uh, I've learned how, how to really hold that space and play that role for him. And so I think there has to be a little bit of compassion for, you know, like I have a lot of compassion for how you process things mm-hmm. because you work on it. That's why I have compassion for it. Yeah, and like really the only reason like it's a two-way street and if Rihanna wasn't so you know like considerate and open with me with her feelings and Mm. like accepting of how I'm feeling then Mm. like I wouldn't talk about anything yeah but like so the support needs to be 
through both ways if if the guy's totally. gonna feel safe enough to like open up and in those ways to you like it's just yeah. the culture isn't designed to you know push guys to talk about their feelings so if you don't if you don't help out a little it's it's likely not going to happen right. unless you find your prince charming and then everything's <laughs> everything's gucci from there on out well i think too just from our past experiences and those moments where you've had something that's been really hard for you to talk about and we finally talked about it and you get to see yet again that I won't judge you yeah. and that it's safe. And I feel like that has to be helpful. Oh, yeah, it definitely is. Like, the more you talk, the the easier it gets. And, like, whether that's, like, going to therapy and, like, you learn those kind of skills there. Like, I know, like, a lot of people diss therapy or whatever. But, like, I could definitely see it having, like, totally. therapeutic, therapeutic benefits for, for that in particular. Yeah. You know, just being more open and honest with people. Um. And, yeah, it always does feel better once you finally get it out. Like, you just, mm-hmm. like, feel a release of all this anxiety yeah. and, like, tension in your stomach from holding mm-hmm. all that stuff in. Yeah, it's, like, every time that you've held something in for a bit and then we talk about it and I don't judge you and I and I make you feel safe, you're always like, oh, my God, I'm so glad we finally talked about this. Yeah. You know, and that you finally let it out. Yeah. And it's a learning curve because your head likes to say, our heads like to say, don't talk about this. They're going to mm-hmm. judge you. Um, they're going to feel this way. They're going to think this. Yeah. And it's like never what your head is telling you it's going to be, ever. And and there are a lot of things that are hard for me as well. And it's not like I don't struggle with opening up to him um, or bringing an issue to the table. I totally do. I think he's right, though, culture-wise and just the way that I handle emotions. I, it's it's a little bit easier for me. And so it's something that there has to be balance and compassion about within the relationship. You know, and once it does get brought on the table and it's opened up, we flow so well communication-wise and, and, and are able to get really authentic and really, really vulnerable with where we're at. Um, one more thing I want to say about that, too, is is when you hold – ideas and feelings and fears about your relationship negative ones within yourself they come out in the relationship you know energy doesn't lie there is truth to energy and it comes out in the relationship and you'll feel and it's in subtle ways and it's in small ways until eventually it could come up in a big way i think you and i have generally stayed away from it really really blowing up yeah um but it does it does come out and it plays a part in the overall view of the relationship and so it's so much better to just say it because it feels better every time um, and just know that if you're struggling with that, but you're in a healthy relationship, feel safe too, and really open up that communication and talk about your needs. Uh, yeah, that's really yeah, cool. Yeah, I think that's it for that one. Yeah, I Let's agree. Let's go to the next. Um, okay, our next topic is people pleasing within the relationship. A note we wrote about this was trying to be perfect for the other person or be someone you're not. Do you have any thoughts you want to piggyback off of with that? Uh, I don't know, because it'll, it'll eventually, like, catch up with you. If you're trying to put on a facade for someone, you're yeah. trying to date. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're going to be with this person a lot if, like, yeah. you know, everything falls into place and you start a relationship with them. Yeah. You're going to find out eventually. It's not someone you, like, see on the street and you can, like, you know, just, like, fool <laughs> for ten seconds. It's, like... You know, like, I've dealt with that, like, a couple times. And even, like, the start of any relationship, like, there's a normal amount of, like, acting like totally. this amazing person. Totally. Um, and, like, that's just, some of it's normal for sure, but pretending to be someone you're totally not is definitely unhealthy. Like, pretending yeah. to be, you're pretending like you're into certain things the other person's into, like, they'll yeah. fu- they'll find out yeah. if you're... If, you're like just saying bullshit. <laughs> yeah, and you know, the truth is, to be totally real with all of you, I I totally used to do that before Tanner and in my experience of being codependent and people pleasing and that was a big part of my life and I I mean, truly, like, the intention underneath it was just to be loved and to be liked and to be enough. And so I thought that I had to be someone different to be validated. And I thought that I had to make myself up to par with this person that I wanted to be with. And there is there is no truth or genuine nature in that 
because it's so important to be yourself and be authentically yourself and and empowered within who you are as a being and bringing that to another person. Uh, one of the coolest things and one of the things that I'm so happy I had coming into this relationship was I really appreciated my mess and I was really, really comfortable with my mess and I let him see that pretty pretty quick and was like here like I'm really messy (laughs) I am not all around perfect by any means and you can love me for that or not Mm -hmm. up to you and I don't you know either way works and I think that you have to have that sort of that takes time that takes work and self-love yeah definitely it takes a lot of time if you're struggling with like self-esteem definitely yeah like any type of mental illness or anything like that's going to be nearly impossible to be completely genuine and real with a person. And like, that was me. Like, honestly, when I got in this relationship, I was struggling a lot. And so it was difficult to, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, be myself and like be vulnerable. And, um, but you know, as time like went on, I was like able to like get my like sanity back basically and like become who I am again. And yeah, you know, like luckily it just worked out for us, but yeah. um, Yeah. Yeah, so if if you're really struggling, I don't know if a relationship is the best option right now, <laughs> just in general. Like, Yeah, and I don't think anything's set in stone. I don't think there's any uh, perfect, and I don't know, I don't think there's any set in stone rules for the right relationship. Yeah, you know, I, think, I definitely agree with that too. Like so. ours on paper at the beginning yeah. didn't look good. Yeah, it wasn't gonna <laughs> it wasn't gonna last if you just took a objective view of what was happening. Yeah. Um nothing like super bad, but just like in general. Um Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the next topic we have, this is a real good one and something that him and I have worked through and experienced a lot. Uh, The topic is fears and old patterns from past relationships coming up in the new one. Mm -hmm. This is a good one. This Mm -hmm. is a good one. You know, when you come from abusive relationships or toxic relationships of any type, which we both did. Or just relationships that didn't work. Yeah. Like, that's like, you know, you're carrying something from that regardless. Baggage. Yeah. Uh, there's going to be fears that were created from the issues that were present in the last ones. For example, in my last relationships, I was often abandoned. I was often told that they loved me only to use me for whatever that was, whether sex or their own validation, uh, and a couple other things along those lines. And so coming into this relationship, I had done a lot of self-love work and I had, and I had done a lot of spiritual work. But that doesn't mean that those things aren't going to come up because you're human. And so it could look like him telling me he loved me and my head telling me he's just like all the other ones. It could look like um, him wanting to have a self-care night, which I love and I appreciate and want him to have because I find that really important. But that could be going on and my head could be telling me he's going to abandon me just like everyone else. And that was hard. You know, and I think what helped me the most, number one, was working on that with myself first. Um, It's not fair to bring that to him and be like, you're going to abandon me (laughs) and you don't love me and and say things like that right in the emotion. Something I try to do is to do my own work, write it out, journal it out, release it, then come to him. And usually I come to him and I'm like, hey, like earlier today my head was saying this. How funny is that? (laughs) And I'll be like, yeah, that's not true. (laughs) Yeah. That's kind of my experience with that. Yeah. And also, sorry, one more thing is like coming back into the present moment this is probably similar for you um in our relationship is so healthy for me Mm -hmm. because most of the time him and I are doing great and we're really happy and so it's awesome for me to come back to the present moment and be like oh (laughs) everything's Mm -hmm. fine right now like nothing's wrong yeah and that's just a life thing too like look at look at what's happening directly in front of you and uh you know assess if you're actually in danger if your thoughts are going to become real Mm -hmm. or not but Mm -hmm. um back to that topic I've definitely experienced it, um, you know, in a, in a way where I was, I was a dick and to a lot of (laughs) my ex-girlfriends or just people in general. And, uh, you know, so that, that the kind of idea that I've created about myself is that I'm not good enough for Mm. certain people and that, you know, I'll end up 
fucking everything up and ruining mm. it and burning it down. So what's the point? And I'll get in that headspace. Um, you know, even sometimes like now, more towards the beginning, but like even sometimes now I think I'm I'm not good enough for whoever or I don't deserve like to be sober and, and happy and mm. so that's something I, I definitely like deal with, but um it's pretty it can be easy to work through now and like able to see that I'm a different person now, so I do deserve these things. That's so awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Seriously. I think that was really, really cool and really vulnerable. And it's like when you come from a place where you've made mistakes in the past, there's a sense of guilt. And it's interesting how even when you're doing so amazing, that'll kind of try to come back to haunt you. Oh, yeah. You know? Definitely. <laughs> That's when it loves to come up. Yeah. When, when you're doing I'm, really good. Yeah. When I'm in bliss and really content with where my life is. Yeah, it's like, hey, don't forget what you used to do. Exactly. <laughs> right? Yeah. And And I think it's been so beautiful, like, knowing, because Tanner and I are people with pasts. Uh, you know, we, we both have some pretty gnarly past experiences, and it's been beautiful loving each other for that and growing together. And what was that thing? I wrote it somewhere, but it was about how it's not our pasts that bring us together, rather the way we've overcome them. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that? It was something really cool like that. And I think that's really beautiful is that the way that we've grown and recovered is what brings us together. Definitely. I mean, like, we wouldn't work together if we were different people, like the people we used to be, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The difference between someone needing support versus abusing the relationship. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> this one. Uh, I mean, like, so we kind of wrote this one down to um, differentiate because um, there's definitely can be a thin line between between these two where yes. someone, um, like like I said earlier, at the beginning of our relationship, I was, you know, not in a, the best spot. So, good example. Um, this is a good example. I needed support to, like, grow and to you know, flourish in this, like, mm. new, like, I was getting sober at the time and everything, and I needed, like, support to help me through that, mm. and, um, you know, versus taking advantage and playing the pity card for this um, example, you know, like, I could easily have brought Rihanna down and what she was doing with her life just um, because I wasn't in the most spiritual or mental, like, fitness, I don't know. No, like, that was, was great. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I wasn't in the best space, so... Um, you know, you kind of got to check into it, like how, how you feel with this person. Like, how are they making you feel? Do you feel like, you know, they're, they are struggling and they might just need a little help and I can be there for them and I can support them. Or is it the opposite? And they're trying to bring you down with them, mm, you know? Misery loves company kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. That is a killer example and way to explain that entire topic. And yeah, I think... You know, even in the smaller things, even in what we were talking about earlier with Tanner needing a little extra support and talking about things and me being able to show up for him in that way, there's a fine line between that, right? And and it's, it's going to take your own discernment and your own intuition. Really, truly, the best way to know the difference is are they working on it? Is there effort? I think that's how you know. Mm -hmm. You know, I think in the beginning when you needed extra support, you were actively working. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, I was working hard as fuck. So hard. You yeah. weren't just a mess and you were just a mess. You uh -huh. were a mess that was working yeah. on getting better. Yeah, exactly. And that's a big, that's, that's good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I think that's what allowed me to show up for you and, and give you support. Had it been the opposite, I would have been draining myself. Same thing with the communication. It's okay for me to show up for him and give him support because, one, right when right when we get there, it flows and he's super authentic. Two, he's always working on changing that. And even in the smaller things where it's like, hey, when you talk to me this way, it's kind of difficult for me. Okay, I'm going to work on that. And do they? One thing that I find so cool about this relationship in particular and about healthy relationships is growing if you are having issues and coming to a solution and you're not active on that solution, what are you doing? Seriously, if you're going backwards, yeah. <laughs> or that's just stagnant, you know, right. where you're supposed to have like moments of growth and then you just kind of go back to where you were before, where the problems were. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because I think every single type of disagreement we've had, that, and we always come to a sort of solution, we actually implement that solution in the relationship. Exactly. And a lot of times you'll see people will come to maybe a solution, do nothing about it, and go backwards. Mm-hmm. So I think that's something to look at. Are they actively working on working <laughs> on what they're doing? Yeah. Awesome. Beautiful. Oh, this is a good one. Not using each other as emotional punching bags. I think this is a big one. Yeah. This one can be short, though. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like like there's not too much to say. Well, I'm 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 quite the emotional person. And I love that about myself. I'm really sensitive and I feel really deep. And he does too. And I love that about you. (laughs) I do. He, He has so much depth to him. Um, and we're also alcoholic and we're also in recovery. So there's a lot of mess that comes along with that. It's not fair for me to be in an emotionally raw place and throw it on him. And I think I did touch on this earlier. It's really important for me personally to, like, let's say I'm having this big emotional thing coming over me. Usually, I go into my work, I work on it, I do whatever I need to do, and then I bring it to him. There are times like today where something pretty difficult happened to me, and I brought it to him right in the moment. And I think that was okay, and I think that was fair, Mm -hmm. um, considering what had happened and where I was. Yeah. And there have been times where I've totally brought him, uh, where I've called on him, because he's my he's just so beautiful and so supporting, and I need him in that moment, in the moment of a panic attack. But nine times out of ten, I try to work on it first and then bring it to him because uh, then I'm not covered and coated with a lot of messy emotions. I'm bringing to him what I've learned and what I want to work on directly. Yeah, and you're not um, in a in a state of mind that isn't like your normal self. You know, mm. you're not you're not like wrapped up in these emotions and speaking from the emotions. You're like looking back on them and like seeing, you know, what you've learned or what you're still dealing with. You know. Mm. And usually through that, then I know what I need from you if it's something that has to do with you. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Is that <laughs> it for that one? Yeah, I think so. Okay. What to do once you know everything about each other? Keeping things fresh. I like this. this I is, like this. This is more recent. For us. In our, yeah, in our relationship. I'd say, like, after about a year, this, like, started maybe. Yeah. Like, to take place even maybe before that like you know we like got to know each other very well and like hung out a lot and spent a lot of time together so um we definitely uh like you never really get bored but there is like a sense of um like you've kind of heard it all Mm -hmm. I don't know (laughs) that kind of sounds inconsiderate but you know you know like so there's like ways that you can implement into your relationship that can help you to spice things up and right. and keep things new and exciting like how they were at the beginning, you know. Right. Things will never be like how they are at the very beginning where everything is like so interesting about this it's person. It's never going to be that again totally. Yeah, it'll never it'll never go back to that. But like traveling is like something we love to do. Mm-hmm. And like I know like whenever we travel it like motivates us entirely and every time and like seeing new places is like so exciting and that's something that we love to do and it yeah. like always works like if we're yeah. if we're struggling or just like stagnant maybe a little like if we go on a trip like we're fresh after like I'm totally. so refreshed after oh it's my favorite thing and it's yeah. such a fun solution it's because you're actually getting out of the space and you're experiencing something new together uh-huh maybe pushing yourselves to going somewhere adventure where you're uncomfortable yeah yeah it's it's been a big one for us and you know when we had the conversation about oh um, we're not in the honeymoon phase anymore you know it was kind of this like yeah you're right and what was so important about that is I don't believe in letting things happen to us. And I said this to him. I said, I said, okay, well, we're not going to let that happen to us. I think we're capable of, of finding a solution within that. And we have. And we actually went on a couple trips right after that conversation. And, and I think Tanner said it perfectly. There's just so much. There's a big re- refresh in that. And going on dates and keeping things alive and, like, doing yeah. fun things. That's the best I can tell you because... It's true. Him and I know virtually. He just he knows everything about me. I don't think there's anything I've never told you. Um, yeah, that's pretty true. <laughs> you know. Maybe like a good tip would be like, 
uh, maybe try a new like hobby or activity together. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. This is like yoga or something. I don't know. Yeah, no, like we do anything, that. Totally. You know? But like maybe something you haven't tried before. So you're both pushing yourselves. And like you might find, like you might discover something like you never knew you loved. But like, you know, that could be a new staple in the relationship. Yeah. So don't worry about that too much. The only thing that's going to really bring issue in there is if you're holding things inside of yourself and you're not communicating. Yeah. That's the only way that you're going to bring an issue once you've passed over the honeymoon phase. Exactly. Okay, cool. This is a this is a good one. I love this. Um, how sobriety and spirituality help our relationship? I love this. Uh, you know, the truth is I've been sober for about two and a half years. And in those two and a half years, I've developed a, a deep sense of spirituality and, and self-love. And I think you can tell with kind of the business I have and the things I talk about. So it's really important to me. And it was important to me when I, at the time when I was meeting Tanner, I definitely wanted to be with someone who was sober or at least healthy. Um, And I, oh gosh, I think it's so beautiful for our relationship. We never have to worry about like, like going to a party. I go to parties sometimes because I have a lot of friends who are um, not sober Um, or I just go to parties in general and there's no worry. There's no like, oh, is she going to talk to guys or like, oh, is she drunk and going to do something stupid and going to black out? Like there's no worry in that sense. Yeah. Or there's no worry on my part. Like I might cheat on you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, there's no worry about that at all. And, and, and most of that is based in trust. Um, but oh my gosh. (laughs) What? (laughs) Nothing. I just thought it was funny that you said it like that. Um, Yeah, most of that's based on trust. But I think sobriety has allowed for a lot of clarity for us. And not only sobriety, but recovery and actively working on ourselves has brought a lot of clarity in the relationship. And a lot of, like, like no money gets wasted. We have more money for trips and for taking each other out and doing fun things like that. And uh, it just keeps us clear and healthy and aware and available for each other. Whereas, uh, you know, for us, like, it, I'm not saying that you have to be sober in your relationship. This this particular no. topic is really personal to us uh, just because of the way that we drink and use. Um, kind of messy. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, there's nothing wrong with, like, relaxing and, like, letting loose not every now and then and doing that in a healthy way. Like, um, totally. but it just doesn't, you know, it doesn't work in our relationship. I know that. Yeah. Like, it, it wouldn't work. and. Um, yeah, sobriety has brought us definitely closer together and like closer to like what's, what's real around us and, uh, not skewing some things, um, some experiences, you know, our experiences are real. We get to remember everything. So true. And you're right. They are real and we're actually there with each other. Yeah. How about spirituality? Uh, I think it was huge at the beginning. Yeah. I mean, this ties into like our whole relationship in lots yeah. of different ways and like yes. keeps us both mentally healthy and available for each other. Mm-hmm. Um, it's what connected us when we met, like the really, truly what we were talking about was spirituality yeah. and it connected us from the get go and it's brought us through everything. And, and I have to use my spirituality and, and, and pray to my higher power often in this relationship because I'm crazy (laughs) and I need that support. But we've had some really cool experiences where, you know, spirituality has almost acted as like our own private relationship counselor. And it's been really, really cool in those moments where like we need some extra guidance and we've been able to connect in that way and also explore a lot of cool things like meditation and yoga together, Mm -hmm. Um, which is always really fun because it's kind of magical to do that together. And it's really important for us. Those two things are pretty big all right one of the last things we're doing great on time podcast time great (laughs) this is is normal podcast time they're they're pretty long no i Um, know (laughs) so one of the last things is our important things for a healthy relationship and we're just gonna kind of gonna go through a couple of what is really important to us sobriety and spirituality are one of them the first one is trust this is so big and this is built by action. I trust Tanner because he's never given me a reason not to trust him. So why wouldn't I? And 
I think it's so apparent in our relationship. And I have, like, I have best friends that are guys that I'll hang out with, and Tanner doesn't even bat an eye. And want to know why? Because I tell him. (laughs) He doesn't even ask. But I think that's probably part of it, right? Like, I'm always telling you if I'm going to do something like that and communicating with you. Well, the thing is, like, unless the other person in the relationship's cheated before or has had, like, really bad red flags, the only reason you would really, you know, worry about something like that is jealousy. Is, like, a self of... Or is a... It's, like, a sense of... um, Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Worrying about the person they're with. That's mm, not you. No, it's like uh, low self-esteem. Mm, so you, mm, yeah, mm. that was it. And you think you're not enough for that yeah, person. Yeah, you think you're not enough, and maybe she's gonna see a guy there or mm. whatever it is that that is enough. You know. Ooh, that's a good point. That's totally part of it. Is not thinking that you're deserving of the relationship that you're in. Yeah. Yeah, and also what's really important is having open communication and like. I know that if Tanner ever brought up something that made him uncomfortable in terms of trusting me with other people, if it was reasonable, I'd be with it in a second because he is my priority. And so I I try to really communicate when I'm going to like hang out with other guys, but he really doesn't care that much. (laughs) But it's also like at the same time, if he did, I would not judge him for a second for that. And it would be safe for him to come to me with that. And and I would would act on it and I would put him first in a second. Mm Mm-hmm. And I know that he would do the same for me. There's a healthy way to uh, still, you know, be jealous and protective of a person. It might sound weird, but, um, like, if you're jealous of, like, other guys talking to your girl or whatever, that means you really care for her. And I think that's, Mm. like, and that happens more towards the beginning where you're, like, very protective, you Mm. know, and you don't want any other guy to be with that person, with the girl, you know. And there's a sense Protective of Protective is hot. Like, yeah, there's a there's a way for that to be healthy, but mm. um, also you gotta you gotta trust and let that person like do their own life too. And you can't you can't control every as- aspect of them. You're people. so right. There is absolute balance in that. There's a way where it's like, yeah, that does mean you really care about that yeah. person and like they're important they're yours. So they're yeah. they're like your baby. They're important yeah, you to you. You don't want anything bad to happen and yeah. you wanna make sure you're with that person. So Yeah, no, and we totally went through a situation with that at the beginning. I was like gonna do a photo shoot with this guy and he was kind of worried about that, very rightfully so, um, in terms of like what the guy was saying and kind of his his mannerisms and I completely respected that and also I thought it was super cute (laughs) I was like this is adorable and I love that about him and uh it worked out and and I think that's still apparent for sure it's like you still care about those things and you're still protective yeah um but there's definitely that that sense of it's an underlying thing the trust is a foundation it's just it's just trusting each other yeah definitely the other thing we found really important is, oh, this is so big, and I don't even know how we haven't talked about it yet, balance. Balance, 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 and having self-care time and alone mm-hmm. time. This is so big. Oh, yeah. This plays, like, a big role in our relationship for mm-hmm. sure. And just in general, in any type of person-on-person relationship. So true. It doesn't have to be sexual. Like, think of, like going on a trip with your best friend for a week. There's going to be a point in that week where you're fucking yeah. over the person. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to be with them. Yeah. You hate their guts. And they're your best friend. Yeah, yeah. And they're your best friend. And, like, that's how it is in relationships. If you're if you're spending, Ugh. like, a week straight with someone and you just can't get away from them, like... You're bound to have some tension. Yeah, you're going to have some <laughs> issues, like, cropping up and... Like, taking taking even, like, that day or whatever it is, like, if you live with them, you know, that couple hours you're gone, like, is is really, like, necessary, I feel like, to, like, keep the relationship going. 100%. Even. And one thing that was cool is we, we implemented balance from the get-go. Like, there was not one time where we spent, like, four days in a row together at the beginning. Yeah. And it was something that was really important to us right away. Um, the bi- the best thing I can say about this and something that I find really cool, if you implement balance and self-care time, meaning that you spend days without each other, uh, when you implement that 
right away, you're doing it out of love for each other. You're doing it because you know it's healthy for your relationship. And like, hey, like, let's have a self-care day. It'll be good for us. And also just kind of making that the usual in your relationship. That And it's natural. Like, here's a couple days. Tanner and I, it's usually two to three days a week where we – it's just natural. We don't even have to talk about it. We're just kind of going to have our own days and or our own time, even if it's just our own night. And what that does – is it means you don't have to get to a point where you have to have a self-care time yeah. out of anger yeah, because exactly. it's already there. And so it's not like, oh, we've been spending so much time together. Like, I need to get away from you. Yeah. You don't really get to that point when you do it that way. Yeah, and you don't just, like, have to ignore them, you know, and, like, mm-hmm. make it into something that's, like, super negative when it could just be something, like, where you just need your space for a little bit and just time to do you. Which is human. It's yeah. so human. And, like, there is no way him and I could have a healthy relationship where we show up for each other if we didn't spend time alone. Because you have to have your own cup full. It's so important. That's why self-love is not selfish. It's selfless. When I have my cup full and I've I've done my self-care time, I'm so much more available to him and vice versa. Like when he's had his own alone time, he he's able to be available to me and he can show up for me. And so just know that that's a really cool thing to have in your relationship and it's actually out of love for each other uh, if you if you do it that way where it's just kind of something that's normal for you guys, you know? Yeah, definitely. You know? Last oh, one. wait, I have one more thing oh, to say yeah, about say it. it. I realized <laughs> the last thing I have to say about it is being able to voice that you want to have a self-care night and add reassurance to it. I think that's been really cool for us. It's like, I just need to have a self-care night for myself it has nothing to do with you. I love you so much. <laughs> like, I'm just really needing that right now. I'm drained. And so then you don't have to feel like it's about you. And it's okay to voice like, Hey, sometimes when you say you need a self-care night, I know it has nothing to do with me, but it's really helpful if you reassured me just because my head likes to say because my head likes to say that. Yeah, that's one point I wanted to make. Great. All right. (laughs) Hard moments and how to get through them. This is a personal one. Hard moments and how we've gotten through them. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Which hard moment do you want to talk about? What, which hard moment do you want to talk about? Which hard moment do you <laughs> Okay. I don't know. Dude. A hard moment and how we got through it. We kind of already talked about, like, what happened recently. Yeah, let's do Northern Nights. Okay. Um, you tell the story. I'll tell the story. We'll tell the story. <laughs> uh, so, a bit ago, I don't even remember. It was in the summer. We went to a festival. And, like we said, we're sober. So, when we go to festivals and big festivals, we're often with a sober group. And there's usually sober tents um, or sober support there. And we usually have phone connection to, like, call our friends in sobriety. Um, like, Tanner has boys, like, guy friends who are sober that he can call up and connect with. And I have the same on my end. And we got to this festival. And it was a little bit of a shit show. And there was no sober support, no sober tent. Actually, we were camped next to these two girls that I absolutely love but they were not sober and they had everything under the sun and him and I were getting offered every drug you could think of about pretty much the whole day and to top it all off we had no phone service so we got a little antsy and it was quite a triggering space for us um it would have been one of those like had do had we not had an awesome spiritual backing and an awesome recovery background, it would be a perfect moment for a case of the fuckets and a relapse. And um, it it got to a space where for like the first time ever, we kind of snapped at each other, which is really unusual oh, for yeah. us. We snapped at each other. I walked off. <laughs> I had a dramatic entrance that I'm to this day still proud of. <laughs> yeah, she just walked off and left me. Aww. And I said, no, I, I don't even remember what I said now. You probably do. It's probably ingrained in your memory forever. Yeah, it wasn't too nice. <laughs> no, I probably said something. Yeah, no, I do remember what I said. Yeah. And it, yeah, it was just out of frustration and... Um, projecting. Yeah, definitely projecting. And I, it was just a, t- it was a tough weekend overall. So we got... And we were kind of not talking about, like, what we were going through up mm-hmm. until then and, like, how it was actually tough. Like, we didn't want to really voice or at least I don't want to really voice that same I didn't either I didn't mention it 
Yeah, yet. so it kind of just like that same thing of like holding stuff down till it overflows. It just came up and like we just like snapped at something yeah. that had nothing to do with it like the root cause and yeah it was totally pointless yeah and she walked off and then eventually we like found each other and like talked it out and cried so and like great. for a long time we talked yeah. for like an hour probably yeah and like after that we were all good yeah we just cried it out and got really real with each other we yeah. were like yeah wait this is hard yeah. <laughs> we we're both like yeah it is and like it was the second we did that it felt so good um you know it's him and I really do not speak to each other that way I mean even the other day I like I was in a mood I get in moods and I snapped at him and he literally looked at me and he was like don't talk to me that way like what's the point and I was like (laughs) oh yeah wait you're right (laughs) like I was like I don't know why I did that um so we usually speak to each other in in a great way but that was something that was difficult that we got through and I think that's it for this episode I think this is my longest episode yet but rightfully so this one's pretty long but I think that was cool. I think it had to be. I think we covered a lot of things. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you can just skip through it. I don't know. <laughs> you can. You do not have to listen to all of it. No, if you made it this far, kudos to you. Yeah, dude, you got some serious time on your hands. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love you guys so much and want to thank you for sharing this experience with us and i want to thank my lovely boyfriend for coming on the show it was awesome to talk about these things with you and i'm really grateful for you and the relationship that we've created and if you want to see tanner on the podcast again or hear tanner on the podcast again let me know you can always message me on instagram and all my information is in the show notes Uh, i think i would love to continue creating content with him oh yeah i'll be back (laughs) mark my words mark my words i'll be back here one day all right that's about it wrap it up okay all right bye everyone who's listening (laughs) i don't know how many of you there are maybe all six of you but love you love you guys thank you for listening bye